suburban eastern area, an environment that had, over time, evolved some extraordinarily unique groups of Homo sapiens. But today, we observe a small tribe akin to a group of meerkats that gather together atop a small mound to watch, question, and discuss the current events of their city, their country, and their world at large. Let's listen keenly and observe this group fondly known as the Iron Fist and the Velvet Glove. Hello, we're back. Yes, the Iron Fist and the Velvet Glove podcast, where we talk about news, politics, sex and religion, and in particular when it comes to politics. Tonight we're going to talk about the Greens, so a small group of meerkats with an additional meerkat joining us on this episode, friend of the show, listener and patron, Liam. Welcome aboard, Liam. Hi, Trevor. Glad to be here. And also... Poor sucker that gives you money every week. It's all part of a socialist enterprise that we're running here. Right. Fair enough. Well, I suppose Scott, you are socialist because I haven't seen any dividends from one side anyway. Scott, Scott the Velvet Glove. All g'day, from, Trevor. G'day, Joe. G'day, Liam. G'day, listeners. How yes. are you all? And Joe the Tech Guy. Evening all. Wait, you don't want to insult me in a passing comment at all? No, no, no. no. Okay. Yes. Well, we've been threatening to do this for a little while, and here we are. So and it wasn't my fault last week, dear listener. I wasn't actually running away. My internet died. Yes. Hmm. Despite having a tech guy on the show, we couldn't resolve it. So no, it wasn't his fault. It was Optus's fault. Anyway. Yes. So, um, so we're going to talk about the Greens, and in particular, um, over the course of. Years probably. Uh, when we've mentioned the Greens, Scott has kind of poo-pooed the idea of taking them seriously as a party to vote for. Meanwhile, I voted for them at the last election and um, quite happy with that decision. And Liam, as a regular listener, and I take it a Green supporter, Liam, you, what were your feelings listening to Scott? What prompted you to, to call for this exercise that we're going to undertake? <laughs> So, like, my, my biggest peeve was really that I feel Scott's primarily aligned to what the Greens want to do. Uh, so I think supportive of sort of progressive tax policy, uh, supportive of, you know, helping the, the masses, you know, supporting sort of the rich, uh, that kind of thing. And then he'd be sort of agreeing, 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 and then at the same time poo-pooing the Greens. <laughs> I just couldn't. Uh, yeah, it surprised me. So I was keen to have a discussion around uh, what was going on there. Yeah. So really to try and um, see if we can convert or at least get you to spell out exactly what it is that stops you from voting. Because as we talk, Scott, it does seem to me that you are, at least at a policy terms, more aligned with the Greens than either of the other parties. Yeah, and so, I think that's probably a fair, that is a fair thing to say. Now, right. you know, when I, was, when I first started this exercise a couple of weeks ago, getting ready for tonight, I, you know, went on the, on the Greens website and I agreed with virtually everything that was on there. Now, does that mean I'm going to vote for them? No, it doesn't. Because uh, there's an old saying about Greens, they turn red faster than a frog in a blender. And that is uh, something that does concern me somewhat. 
So I actually had a conversation with a green activist up here on Sunday morning who was very brave to be out in his green T-shirt and all that sort of stuff at our markets up here, and he was out there waving the flag for the Greens. Now, I actually said to him, I, I said to him very directly, I said to him, I want you to convince me to vote for you guys as a genuine vote, not a party of protest. And he said, well, he said he, he understands why you would get that point of view. And I then said, okay, well, how can you not be, how can you be seen as serious and that type of thing? And he went into the uh, argument over the ETS. And I said, well, that was the Greens' failing moment. That led to Tony Abbott, which led to the Tories being in charge of the country for, I don't know, seven or eight years or however long it was. And he, he disagreed with me. He said that to the uh, that by them saying no to the ETS and then having a fresh negotiations round with Julia Gillard led to a preferable package. Now, can I'm, I just can I yes. just interrupt just briefly? Mm -hmm. Your present decision as to whether to vote for the Greens mm -hmm. is is because of things that happened with Julia Gillard. Yes, is, it is right. a number of terms back for sure. I know it was a number of terms back, but I don't believe they can be forgiven. If you want me to go back further, I can. You know, the birth of the Green Party happened over the Franklin River Dam protest, which was a protest against a renewable energy production facility which is going to be built in, in Tasmania. Now, what was the result of that? The result was that you had a... You had the last a, 20 years. Like you're pointing to like one instance that you're not. Yeah, I am actually. I am actually pointing to something that did happen yeah, forty yeah. years ago. And like conversely, yeah, have Labor put a foot wrong in twenty years? Or oh god, yeah. Yeah, so like <laughs> they have. They <laughs> the Greens have done one thing wrong, and you'll never vote for them. Oh, Labor. the Greens have done more than one or two things wrong. Okay, they have done okay. a hell of a lot wrong. But anyway, so, so, no, so the Scott whole point is just wait. I haven't quite finished yet. The Franklin River Dam would have given Tasmania 100% of its electricity from renewable resources. Instead, they had to subsidise the, the construction of an undersea cable from Tasmania to provide their grid with extra electricity that was generated in Victoria. Now, how did, how did, how did um, they generate their electricity in Victoria? Through burning brown coal, which is a hell of a lot more polluting than black coal, which is used to burn up here in Queensland. So, Scott, mm. all parties have done stuff that you would be angry with oh, that yes, led to sure. bad consequences. Yes. And are you, are you honestly suggesting that the Greens have done more and bigger mistakes that make it that you just can't forgive them, whereas surely the other parties have had equally big cock-ups yeah. It's because you're not really a choice between the Greens and perfection here. It's but it's between the Greens and another bunch of yeah. I know. I'd also let's give Liam. I would also like to point Scott. Like to point Scott. Out, no, no, Scott. No, 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 Scott. I would like I'm to mute point you, out. Scott. <laughs> you can mute you if you want to. I would okay. like to point out that the Greens actually like to hold themselves up as some sort of sacrosanct above above contempt party. <laughs> And they are not. <laughs> okay, let's 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 hear from Liam. Yes. There. Let's hear from Liam. Liam, 
waddle through all that as best you can and respond to whatever aspects of that you want to take up. Uh, sure. I think, like, so there's a few, I think, well, we've got the EPS negotiation with Gillard, we have the Franklin River Dam scenario, and then we've got probably the big thing of you primarily agree with all Greens policies at the moment, but you still don't want to vote for them. So I, I, I probably, like, maybe let's, Let's address the third one, the policy argument at this point. I think, like, if you agree with the party on all of their policies, this is what we want to do. This is at the, like, you know, the, the modern party, the modern Greens, 2023, this is what we're striving for. This is what our elected officials are pushing for. Um, this is what everyone in the party is aligned to do, which you agree with. So uh, it's sort of, yeah, it shocks me that you don't want to vote for the Greens, seeing as that's what we want to accomplish. And, you, and you're, a, you're an acknowledgement aligned with that. Um, I do agree with a hell of a lot of what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Max, whatever his name is, the guy that's won Griffith, yeah, he was very impressive in Parliament when he was giving it to the ALP. He yep. really tore strips off them. And I found myself feeling very dirty because I didn't agree, I didn't disagree with anything he said. Now, that is the whole point. There is a world of difference between what they actually say and what they will actually do if they do get into government. Now, I don't think they're ever going to get into government right now, although you've got to say that they are taking away a hell of a lot of Labor votes and the coalition appears to no longer give a shit about coming back into office. So it is possibly going to end up being a future of minority governments where the Greens are going to become kingmakers of both sides of government. Now, that I think is very dangerous because they are... Pushing the agenda that you really want to see? Sorry? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Okay, if you really want to really want to see. Okay, do I want to see them get their rent controls up? No, I don't. Do I want to see them actually pare back negative gearing? Yes, I do. But do I want them to abolish negative gearing? No, I don't. I do want to see them actually pare it back. I think, I, think let's, I think we should probably, like, we're jumping around a little bit. I think okay, fair enough. Well, if, if, you want to, if you want to give me something and that sort of stuff, then you can, you can, you can direct where it goes. Well, I think, like, I'm, I'm happy to talk about housing. I'm happy to talk about sort of Max as a, a case study at some point. But I think, like, maybe first there's the, like, you know, the Greens are a majority party getting into government and then your point around there being, you know, a number of small parties. That's perfect. <laughs> like, that's kind of what, I think the whole system was designed to be like the two-party system. I don't think anyone would disagree with is not, especially in America, is not performing very well. No, um, it's not. So we want to we want to at all costs avoid the two-party system. Well, having I the would Greens there forces negotiation, and the Greens are willing to negotiate. Like I don't think the Greens here are being, you know, we're blocking the housing bill, but that's because housing is a massive issue for us and the voter base, uh, and frankly it's the policy is pretty visible. Like, all right, I think let's get into that when we talk about housing. But I think, you know, it's forcing negotiation. And then, you know, the results of that are uh, Labor's already committed an extra $2 billion to housing and now they're pushing for additional rental rights and rent caps. So, like, 
it forces a negotiation. There's nothing wrong with sort of negotiation. It's not like, you know, and then, you know, there is a stone wall, like, you know, there's this double dissolution trigger that's threatened. Um, if the people sort of get frustrated with the cranes for blocking things like that, well, they can vote us out. But I don't think that's, you know, if they actually push for a double dissolution, I don't think there's any way, shape or form the Greens actually lose out in that. Because um, I, I think there's I think actually... you'll probably see, I think you'll probably see movement in the House of Representatives, though. I don't think they'll retain their three Brisbane seats. They'll probably retain one or two of them. Yeah, okay. But I don't but think that's not, that's, not what, that's not where the Greens are blocking the housing bill, right? So oh. they need to lose, what, like, seats in the Senate. Well, um, no, they'd lose. They, they wouldn't lose seats in the Senate. Oh, it depends. No, they'd probably end up picking up an extra seat in the Senate if they had a double dissolution. Possibly. Anyway, like, yeah. you know, it's, it's not going to come out in the, it's not going to fall out. The Greens are out of balance of power, really. And then, no. So I think my points to, to summarise is that having multiple parties is great. Having negotiation in government, great. Um, so I don't see anything wrong with that at all. No, and I don't disagree with you. However, you know, it's I I, I think that the um the whole argument that I would have with the Greens, and I said this as a bloke on Sunday that I was talking to him, I said, you know, you've made the you've made the perfect the enemy of the good. And I said that I said that about the half, and I also said that about the ETS. I said, you know, it, you've made you've made the the perfect the enemy of the good. And he said something about that um, the whole ETS was flawed and that sort of stuff because it had something written in there that the government could end up being sued. Now, I've still got to actually talk to him about that and that type of thing just to find out exactly what he was mentioning about that. Now, if that was the case, why the hell did, didn't the Greens actually try and negotiate that out? And I don't know. It's one of those things. And I do believe that the that the Greens' fingerprints are all over the ETS and that sort of stuff being destroyed, which led to Tony Abbott and the coalition government taking office. So I, I do believe that the Greens have got to accept a certain amount of responsibility for that. Scott, uh, at, at, the, at the risk of the chat room howling me down, well, I can't even see. I can't even see the chat room right now. So what that's probably here? a good thing. Um, okay, but. Um, what would it take for you to forgive the Greens? Oh, nothing would get me to forgive them. No, nothing would forget me. Nothing would get me to forgive what them. What about a very long discussion on a podcast? <laughs> I think I've already moved a hell of a long way because I actually read their policies and all that sort of stuff. And I actually, I did actually consider giving them my vote in the Senate, but I would keep my vote in the House of Representatives purely for the Labor Party. Can I check who you've did? You, did you vote Labor? At the, at the yes, last I did vote Labor at the last election. Yeah, right. And and they've never committed anything that was unforgivable of the same standard that <laughs> that the Greens have committed. I'll have to think about that. They have. They have copped up a hell of a lot, and Anthony Albanese has been a very bitter disappointment as a Prime Minister. Um, he has not shown any sort of courage or anything like that. So, and that is why the Greens are nipping at his heels and all that sort of stuff because he hasn't he hasn't shown any sort of real progressive fight in his system. And that is why the Greens are actually pinching seats off him. 
because he looks like a, um, what did you call him, Joe? Shit light and, and alter shit or something like that. That is um, and That's that is not right. me. That's Juice Media. Honest, okay. Honest yeah. government ads. Yeah. Anyway, whatever it was, that was that. that is the whole point that I think the ALP have actually cocked up very badly. Do I think it would be worse if the Greens got near you and that sort of stuff? Well, it's just about forgiveness because you're not prepared to forgive the Greens for the perceived cock-ups. Yeah. But surely Labor, for example, has made as big a cock-up at different times and certainly in the moment with AUKUS and with Stage 3 tax cuts and with their failure to do anything on secularism. Like, surely they have reached the point of committing... An unforgivable sin similar to the Greens? Yeah, potentially. Uh, that is right. But um, what actually terrifies me and keeps me awake at night is a, is a Prime Minister Dutton. Now, that does actually scare the living shit out of me. Now, if you actually split yourself away from the Labor Party too much and you find yourself voting for something else, you could end up inadvertently giving power to the coalition, which would end up with Prime Minister Dutton. Not not with preferential voting. Exactly. That's why we have preferential voting. That's the whole system. I know. I know it's the whole system, but if you have enough people voting certain ways, then you could end up carving off enough – you could end up carving off enough – enough seats that leads to a coalition no, government. If, no, if that people, doesn't make sense to me at all. If you are, okay, if, look, if, you're a lab, if you're a Labor voter, say, for example, yourself, and you find that you're getting inclinations to vote Green, you don't suddenly go Green, Lib, Labor, or like um, Lib, Green, Labor. Like, no, how, no, how does that affect no, your preferences flow? If, well, you, are, if preferences, you are centrist shifting left... Yeah, okay. My preference is I tend to I tend to find a I tend to find an independent that's got no chance of winning five percent of the primary vote and I give him my first preference. Then after that I actually do something with my preferences, which usually puts the Labour Party ahead of everyone else. And then it's a fight between the Greens and the coalition as to who goes last on my ballot paper. I just can't but, see a scenario. This, this where... whole this whole complicated sort of preferential voting system you just it just in the end, at the end of the day, your vote either counts for the candidate who came first or the candidate who came second. Mm. So, <laughs> if you're independent, never going to win. Why are you bothering with him? But like, well, th- that's the whole point. I only vote for someone that's got no chance of winning five percent of the primary vote, so they don't get any, they don't get any of my money. Because I, I don't, I don't actually appreciate the whole thing of um, candidates and that sort of stuff pinching my money. So anyway, I don't appreciate. <laughs> I don't approve of government funding of political advertising and that type of thing. So that okay. is why. All right. Well, I, there's that. But, but you can acknowledge the fact that if we have Labor voters who are shifting to the left, there's no way that Liberal gets in off that. No, that's very true. They wouldn't. Yeah. 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 So that's that's not an argument, really. It, it seems to me, Scott, that the rise of the Greens is is really going to force Labor to be more left. It will because yes. they're losing votes to the Greens. Mm-hmm. That's what I see the vote for the Greens is doing, and it seems to me Labor needs to lo- move left. I agree way- wholeheartedly. You know, it's it's one of those things. Like, I mean, I know I made a joke before saying that Greens turn red faster than a frog in a blender, 
but it wouldn't hurt if it wouldn't hurt if the ALP picked up a little more of a tinge of pink in their in their policies because they are no longer the party of the working class anymore. They are now the party of um, whoever donates the most. So probably you more purple. But Sorry? They're, they're who you're voting for as well. Like why? why yeah, I know I'm voting for them because I've I've already told you examples. I've already told you what my main objection is to the Greens. And you and Trevor bullhooed me because I, I picked up something that happened 40 years ago. Now it was it was a very old example, but that is why I can't move past them because your patron saint of your party, you know, Saint Bob and that sort of stuff got to his position because he blocked a renewable energy project being built in Tasmania. Yeah, but it's also like, you know, that's the Greens party. I, can't, I, don't even, I wasn't even into politics around Franklin River Dam. I don't know how long that Does anyone know how long ago that was? That was 40 years ago. 40 years, okay. For the record, I wasn't alive. Yeah, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I was. And, uh, you know, I, I remember at the time and that sort of stuff, I thought to myself, oh, this is good that that's actually happened. But... You know, I didn't understand what it actually meant. Now I understand exactly what it means. Yeah, like, all right. But that part, like, you know, half the people who would have been in the party at that point in time probably dead. No, you they're know, not. It's Christine Mill most, and Bob yeah, Bill, like, who are still the around is probably and they're still carrying like, on about that. Most they're... of the party is quite young. Like, quite young. There's, like, there's a whole new Greens party. Like... Greens party right. and that's the other thing too is that a lot of you guys that weren't around and that sort of stuff you have this fondness for the old Soviet Union now <laughs> no no you do and there is a there is a whole there is a whole thing about communism and that sort of thing that a lot of the younger people don't understand was, that it was a very brutal dictatorship. Can we stick to the Greens? Yeah, we can. But I just I was just making the point about that, you know, because youth doesn't necessarily mean that you are more intelligent than those of us with most, those of us with grey hair. I don't, I don't think that's what we're even espousing. No. <laughs> I think you know. There's a you know. Oh, look, if you, I'd say there is a you know. The left is always more about you know, for the masses. Uh, you know, better public services, better education, better health, like, you know, fund them better. Like, let's get rid of this, you know, neoliberal um, bullshit. So, like, yeah, you could maybe draw some similarities to sort of communism, but we're not, we're not pushing for communism at this point in time. We're just pushing for more left policies, more things yeah. to help out the working class. Like, this is... Yeah, it's very far from communism at this point. So, so Scott, yeah. the the Greens' position previously, you're saying uh, because they're the party of protest, led to a result which was the opposite of what the Greens wanted, and and you can't forgive them because of that. Like because of their protest, we ended up with a situation that was anti what they were trying to ultimately achieve. Yeah, no, that, that is, that's happened twice that's, now. It, 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 happened twi it happened once over the Franklin River Dam and then after that over the ETS. And what are you worried about in the future? What would be the future version of that? What, what I don't sort know. Of... I, don't know what's, well, I don't know what's around the corner. Why don't we, so we segue into the modern greens debate that's in front of everyone's mind? So why don't we talk about housing? Mm. 
Let's so like, you know, this is the modern Greens standing up for what we believe in. Previously, you've said that the ETS and Franklin River Dam were failures and you can't forgive us. So what are your thoughts on housing? Well, I think that the whole thing about trying to, um, I think it was called regulate rent or something like that was what they're actually espousing on Sunday. Now, what they were trying to do is um, get in there and regulate rents and that type of thing. Yep. Now, where it's actually been done abroad and that type of and those sorts of places in the United States. Now, what they actually found there was that you had a situation that um, in New York they sold out. They sold a lot of their properties and all that sort of stuff, and they sold them to I don't know whoever whoever could afford to buy them, which wasn't a hell of a lot of people. And those that did remain in the rental pool and that sort of stuff, they didn't actually do any work to them. They just let them become. They went from being landlords to becoming slumlords and um, that sort of thing. It's That is the concern I have with that. Now, I've still got to go do the uh, – I've still got to go and have a further look at it, but that is a real concern if that is something that could actually end up happening because you do have people that can't afford to buy something, which you've got to look after, and – that is where I think that their argument for the public housing was absolutely right. Now, this is the whole point about the half and that sort of stuff that was pointed out to me on Sunday, which I've since read up on, and I find myself agreeing with them, is that if the share market's having a good time and that sort of stuff, you're going to end up that you'll end up with extra money and that sort of stuff that's available for that's going to be available for housing. However, the share market's only beginning having a good time when the economy's having a good time, which is not the time that you want to actually spend money on that sort of stuff on public housing. You would want that, you'd actually want that to be available to actually spend when the economy's going down. Now, that is the whole point. That is what has made me really think about the half and that type of thing because it appears to be set up so that you're going to have the spending at the time that you didn't need the spending to be done. So that is that's, why. That's many problems with the half. Sorry? I'd say that's one of many problems with the half, yes. Yeah, okay. Well, that's that, that's the major problem that I saw that was stuck in my throat was yeah. that you're going to end up spending money at a time that you uh, that you don't really need to spend money because you're going, to have a, you're going to have a share market making a hell of a lot of cash, which is going to mean that the half's got cash, which is going to want to be spending on public housing. So they're going to be out there argue, They're going to be out there trying to find tradies and that type of thing at the time when the rest of the economy is moving up. When you should be actually not spending government money that time, you should be spending the government money when you don't have a booming economy. Yep. Mm. Anyway, that's one of the things that I've got to. That's one of the things that I found myself agreeing with this guy on Sunday was, you know, because he did actually point that out. Yep. Now I've still got to analyze his numbers and that sort of stuff, but anyway. Well, I think it's very like this is a very complicated issue, so it's very hard to actually. Which like, is why, as, as, as a layman, jump in and actually read all the reports and understand the context to know what is actually the best decision. I would say that, like, the CFMEU has now joined the Greens in doing this. I'd say the ACT Labor has passed a motion to support the Greens in this. And then there's also a coalition of housing, legal and welfare who've all signed letters to support the Greens in this. So like, I support you in doing your own research kind of thing. I'd just be wary that as a, unless you're really going to get into this, it's quite a 
hard thing to tackle. Um, yeah, I know, it's, but it's, it's one of those things. Now, it could just be the old Tory in me just not wanting to go away, but I'm always nervous when the CFMEU backs something. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably, it can be, you know, they're a construction industry union backing mm. more construction. So that's <laughs> maybe treat with uh, suspicion. Uh, on, to, on your other points, though, the argument that REM caps will lead to, well, A, people selling, uh, I that's not exactly the worst thing in the world to have more people selling in the housing market considering you know you'd actually be happy with it with a with a fall in property values would you uh look i actually own a house so look it wouldn't be in my best interest but i think mm. you know at some point somebody needs to realize that you know if houses are outside the the uh, ability for most of people to buy um and wages aren't going up the only way for people to buy houses is either the price to go down or their wages to go up. So yeah, I agree. Um, it, it's one of those things. It's um, it's something I have struggled with because if you actually engineer a position where prices go down, that will lead to a reversal in the economy because you're going to have people that are going to be paying for yeah, thin air it on needs their to, house. It needs to happen over time, but there are significant. Well, I don't think it needs to happen. go down. I think it's. I think you've got to have a long period of stagnation and that sort of stuff well, in the, yeah, in the housing market. Basically, so that you then have, yeah. so you then have wages and that sort of stuff, so that they would rise and that type of thing to enable people to be over there and buy their own properties. Yeah, effectively, we need to stop treating housing as an investment vehicle. Well, I agree. Although yeah. I've I've put my hand up, I've bought a house that's an investment property. Yeah, I. I also have an investment property, so I'm right. not a saint. Um, I hear a lot of these arguments on uh, in Greens forums and things, and they, you know, saying landlords are the worst people in the world kind of thing, um, which I don't think is the case. And, you know, how could you buy a house and rent to someone? My point of view is that, the, you know, as a person who was able to buy things, you had money spare, there's nothing wrong with buying something that is a good investment. So, like, I'm... You know, not planning to shoot myself in the foot or throw money in the fire kind of thing. So if I've got capital, I'll use it to invest. Um, mm. And housing has traditionally been a fairly solid investment in Australia. So I don't really uh, think it's like well, you know I've done it myself. So I don't think it's uh, immoral to go buy a house. Uh, I do think you know um, that we just need to shift the legislation, shift you know decrease the capital gains exemption. Um, negative gearing, I don't think should be there. Um, well, I think I think that, I think that they've got to actually um, I think they've got to actually curtail negative gearing because I think if you, you think if you do away with it overnight, you're going to have a hell of a lot of properties go on the market. Yeah, so, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you know none of these things can be done overnight. You need to actually have a well, if you, if you talk to the Greens, they can be done overnight. <laughs> I, I don't think that's uh, a is that true, policy. or are they phasing things in the Greens? No, I, look, I don't think anyone of rational mind would think that we could just do away with negative gearing the like instantly overnight like the disruption in the market would be incredible um so no and th th there'd have to be a lead time like as the greens we're not stupid um there might be some <laughs> members of the party who so are somewhat more radical but i think more sensible minds will um prevail so um and that's not even on the table at the moment. So, like, we're, get, we're getting a bit sidetracked, right? I think you're on you're on board with the fact that the housing market at the moment is terrible. Uh, we're arguing around sort of the Greens' stance on trying to somewhat fix housing. 
which Labor's not doing nearly enough for at the moment. So, um, well, I just think they have committed to two billion dollars the extra funding for it, which was as a result of the Greens negotiating with them. Yeah, so that, that's a win for the Greens, though, in terms of yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. It's a win yeah. for the Greens. Now, yeah. it's just that they've got to actually work out what we're going to do with the half because, you know, it is asked about, it is asked about right now because there's money for it's going to come if, there, if, there is, if the uh, stock market's doing well, but the stock market generally only does well when the economy is doing well and the economy is doing well, then you're not going to have a shortage of workers, Yeah, which is main... where the expense is going to be higher. The main arguments I heard that sort of made the half sound okay to me was the fact that it was probably a long-term commitment to social housing over time um, that the Liberals wouldn't be motivated to mess with should Labor fall out of government. So that, that, that for me, that long-term investment in social housing is something that needs to happen. I don't really like them. Like, if it is a way that they can ensure that funding continues to flow into social housing, good like but that's probably the only thing i like about the half the the well, actual I, I tend to agree with you too because i mean the tories are less likely to pull it apart you know yeah you, but that's to... that's the only sort of positive argument i kind of have for it and the and if I'm, I'm willing to hear others but for me like the whole mechanism like it it feels well no, it's not just feels it, it is wrong this isn't how governments fund things right we didn't say like let's put 20 billion in the stock market, and then we'll use the returns to fund healthcare, or like you know, let's put thirty yeah, billion, I, I let's fix education. That is, so, like, is, why are we doing this? That is, that is that is the point I've made to Trevor and that sort of stuff on this podcast before, where I've said that you know you don't fund, you don't fund health, you don't fund education that way. Yeah. So that is that is something that was actually I think it might have been in, in Max's speech. I couldn't tell you, but it was someone who rather had actually made that point, and I had to agree with them. Because you don't actually fund, you don't actually fund your, you don't actually fund your health budget, you don't fund your education budget that way. You fund it through recurring expenditure. So it's one of those things. I think that, um, I think we've got to actually, you know, for those people that look back on the 1950s with through rose-coloured glasses, saying how beautiful it was, I think they've actually got to look at the amount of money, the amount of Commonwealth money that was going into public housing back then. It was incredible what was actually being spent by the Commonwealth on, on public housing. So I, I do think that that is something that we've actually got to reinvent. Now, if we are actually heading into a recession, which I'm not convinced that we are, but if we are, that is the time that they should actually be loosening up the purse strings and that type of thing. That's where they should be pouring money into public housing at that time. So I, I, think, I feel that time is now, right? So we've got what, yeah, rising house prices, rising rents, we've got a cost of living crisis. And we're committing ten billion to the stock market and two billion to direct funding. Yeah, I understand that. But if you actually if you actually went out there now when you've got a shortage of workers and that type of thing and you had to spend you'd end up spending a hell of a lot more money on the public housing. You'd end up with a uh, the cost per per square meter of housing that's actually built would be higher because you have to spend a hell of a lot more on labor. But you'd create would, work. Sorry? So you, you you counter the unemployment by creating jobs. Yeah, which is what I was just saying before, that, you know, if we're going to recession, that's when you've got to do it. Now, I'm not convinced that we're actually heading to a recession right now, so that is why I'd say that we've got to actually have a, a minimum spend on public housing. Now, I don't know what that is, but we've got to actually work out what that is as a society and say, 
how many of these affordable houses do we need to produce every year? So this is the minimum spend that we're going to go into. If the economy takes a downward spiral, then we're going to spend more money and we're going to double the number of houses that are going to be constructed each year. I think so. That's so like, I think we're kind of aligned. I think now the debate is at the moment. So the Greens has secured $2 billion extra funding. There's the half still going ahead with $10 billion in the stock market, which I don't love, but at least it's continued funding. The argument now centres on the increased uh, of the rent caps and then improved renters' rights. Um, yeah, which the renters' rights are being considered at National Cabinet, aren't they? Uh, that's what the Greens are pushing for, but Labor refuses to acknowledge that they can actually influence that. So I think... Yeah, I know, but there, there um, was something that was reported in the press just recently suggesting that they were actually going to debate that at National Cabinet. I th yes, I think, I think I saw something today, actually. I think yeah, the idea was that it might be like a only annual increase in rent, which is pretty much nothing. Yeah, I mean, no, no land. Well, all right, so if you're doing a six-month lease, it gets you some relief. But if a, you can have an unlimited rent increase annually, that's not much. I think most people who own a house probably are signing up for annual leases, and then at the end of the year you can do whatever you want, which is pretty much the situation now. Can I interrupt with a fact check? Yeah, go, go for it. Just... Just on the phasing out of capital gains tax concessions, the Greens are proposing to do that by 10% each year for five years to phase out that 50% capital gains tax. And then grandfathering negative gearing seems to be what they were going to do there. So, so if, you, if, you, if, you've, if, you've already got a, if you've already got a negative geared property, you can keep it in there. That seems to be what I've Thanks, Trevor. reading in this document. We're not insane. Mm. But you know what, Liam? It doesn't matter what all the policy talk in the world. <laughs> this is just being venting now. <laughs> because, because Scott's not prepared to forgive what happened 40 in years the past. Yeah. What, would it, and, um, what can we do? What, I don't know how to stage an argument to uh, combat that argument. Well, you uh, can't combat that argument. It's yeah, that's it, that's it's, what I mean. Like, it's just something where I see... I really had to examine why I had a deep-seated hatred of them. Do, do you think you've been influenced by the media, Scott? Do you think you've been influenced um, sort of subconsciously or otherwise by by Murdoch Press? No, I don't think so because I don't read the Murdoch Press. Yeah, it's very hard to avoid. It's very disparaging of the Greens as oh, I agree wholeheartedly. It, it, is, it, is, it is far too disparaging of the Greens. But, you know, if you then look at the United States, for example, and you had Ralph Nader who was running at the same time that uh, what's-his-name was running against George W. Bush, you know, he actually split mm. the Democrat vote and gave Bush the election. They don't have preferential I voting. I know they don't have preferential voting. We do. Yes, we do have preferential voting. So it's voting. completely yeah, different. I know, it's very different, but that is the whole point. The Greens appear to be, across the planet, a party of protest not a party of government. In in Europe, Greens have active roles in different yeah, parliaments. Yeah, that's true, they? they do. But, you know, you've also got to remember that Germany doesn't elect their parliament the way we do here. They elect their parliament based on a percentage of votes and that type of thing. So the Greens end up 
becoming kingmakers for different governments and then they end up taking a part of the government. Proportional representation. I think think the the kingmaker thing sounds like, you know, the Greens with a couple of minority seats are somehow controlling the government as kings through some weird... That's not how things work. It's like if if Labor has... (laughs) If Labor Labor was very, very... If Labor was very close to forming government and the Greens came along and said, we want X, Y, Z... I think the Labor Party would give them X and Y, but they'd hold out on Z. Yeah, that's great. That's that is how the system <laughs> is meant of, to two function. Out of three ain't bad. Yeah, we have succeeded. Yeah, okay, in two out of three Labor ain't bad, which I agree with. But you know, when you've got the when you've got the Greens actually holding a gun to their no, head but, and that this, sort of this stuff. Is the will of the people. It is. This is the will of the people. This is people saying. Uh, well, you know, I'm not for Labor's policies. I want the Greens' policies. So, you know, 10% are going for the Greens, 40% are going Labor. Together you make up your 50%. Um, so Labor has to compromise on some of their positions to work with the 10% that wanted the Greens. Because yeah, the other, alter- the, well, I, the other I, alternative is... I tend to is, agree with you there, however... It, it's you to know, negotiate you... with the LNP. Sorry? Um, you, but otherwise you can negotiate with the LNP and pick up your votes with the LNP. <laughs> Well, I don't think they're ever going to go that far, but anyway, it's but it, one of those things. It's an option. It is an option for them to go that way, but I don't think it's going to go that way because the you know the LNP are never going to actually, are never actually going to entertain a conversation with the Greens. Okay, can I try a line of attack here on your behalf, Liam? Against me, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, a line of argument, Scott. Mm. What to you is the most vital couple of issues facing Australia that I'm it's more important than anything else. Like what's the top two or three things that are really important that we need to get right in this country? Because where I'm leading to then is I want to see what the Greens' position is and whether it's worth forgiving them because of the importance of the issues. So what would you say is is important and maybe we can see a pathway to forgiveness <laughs> if the Greens are going to... <laughs> support no no seriously so so f- for me something like um our foreign policy and the existential threat well actually climate change for start you could easily say that's the biggest existential threat that we've yeah, got yeah which is why and, which is why i think the greens deserve to be punished because they buck, they fucked well, up the ets how, anyway, how can okay. the Greens be punished for climate? Because they have fucked up We're the EPS and they started their whole bloody political movement blocking a renewable energy project. Oh, well, a single single so, project so, forty years ago you hung up about when like, yeah, global that's warming right, wasn't because really it would have given table. Tasmania one hundred percent of their electricity generated Labor by is, renewable Labor energy. Is not doing come across nearly enough right now. Yeah, that's right. They're not doing enough right yeah. now. And you because... and you say won't. They will continue to not do enough until people in their base shift left. Scott, do you think more Greens um, parliamentarians would shift Labor to a stronger Green policy? I've got policies? no doubt that it would actually help. Yes, it would actually shift them. Then, then if you say, for example, climate change is the biggest issue, you would vote Green then because of what you've just acknowledged, that it's going to force Labor to go with stronger I've said I would actually policies. consider voting for them in the Senate but not in the House of Representatives. 
Okay, so what's the difference? Uh, the difference is the Senate is where they are the strongest and that type of thing. It's just you've got, you've actually got a history of having to deal with them there, but we've never actually had to deal with them up there in the House of Representatives. Well, you know, we all grow yeah. and evolve. Why do we have to be stuck because... in what we've always <laughs> done? Why can't we embrace? I mean, Scott, if, if the argument is, for example, that climate change is the most important thing, really important, we've got to get it right, and the Greens are going to help with that, then having them in the Senate and the House of Reps is what you would want, even though it might be a novel concept. You would say that's going to lead to greener policies, therefore that's a good thing. And if you think it's really important, you would forgive historical stuff and you'd go, you know what, this is so important we just have to do it and it, and hope that this will lead us to a rosy, well, a greener path. Does that make sense? Is that? Yeah, it's like, making you know, too much that... sense for me right now. So <laughs> I've actually got to really think about that because you are right that the Greens would actually help the Labor Party become a little greener. Now, as to whether or not that is an existential threat for the country. Uh, the Greens still aren't going to be a majority. Labor still controls the lower house and the Senate and they're forced to negotiate with the Greens. So there's no, there's no Greens holding a gun to anyone's head. I think the, I the think biggest that, argument... I think, that, I, think that, I think that anyone having the balance of power can hold the gun to the head. At certain points in time, right? But if you keep holding the gun to the head, we go to a dissolution, like, like double dissolution. Everyone gets shitted off with them and they get voted out. But the thing is that the Greens actually have the will of the people behind them on this. I think uh, this, uh, I'm quoting Max. But I disagree with you there. I, I think to myself that um, had you have had it. Hang had on, you, let him, let him, let him I'm quote quoting Max. quoting Max on 74% of Australians agree with the stance Greens are taking, that they need to support renters' rights and rent caps. Yeah, I know, and I, I just think to myself that the whole rent cap and that sort of thing hasn't been properly thought out. It hasn't actually been looked at in a very cold economic light. Well, I think that's that's one light you can look at it, into it, yeah. and then there's the other light of people not of what feels nice like, and that type of thing. No, no, people not having a roof over their head because like yeah, I, and I agree, that it, and I agree that that is terrible that people could actually not end up with a roof over their head. So that is why I think that. That's why I think to myself the whole the whole argument has got to they've got to actually boost the investment in public housing. So I think so we're, you, we're saying they need to boost the investment in public housing. Sure, that's going to take a while. And then yeah. we're saying we want rent caps and um, sorry, rent caps and oh, I forgot the other one uh, for the next two years. It's not not in perpetuity. Next two years to get through this point in time where we're in a cost of living crisis, possible. Think, you know, basically almost in a recession. So we need to like fix social housing long term, short term, support people through the this period. So they're saying they want a rent cap for two years. Is that right? Yeah. Pretty logical. Very reasonable. <laughs> Has the chat gone quiet, Joe? Uh, it was the last. Is the last one, John? Was the last, last comment, comment? Is John? Yes. Right. Okay. I can't see the chat at all. So anyway. mm, that's all right. It'll just just distract you anyway. Yeah, fair enough. So, 
Scott, Ooh. I just assumed, like I just threw in climate change as an example. And it it, it is, it it is an existential most... threat to the whole species on the planet. So, yeah. Is there any other issue that you look at as a voter and you think is more important or equally or just just close to being as important? And let's okay. see where. The stage, what's the next the important? Stage three tax cuts are offensive. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, you, I think you've, you know you're going to lose a talent, do you? No, they, they are offensive. They are, yeah. they are utterly yeah. offensive. Yeah. Okay. Now, and the only way that's going to shift is is with voting green putting pressure on Labor to move left. To well, it's one of those things, like, you know, one of the arguments that's been put forward for the double dissolution was that this, was, this would give the Labor Party the option to knock them on the head before they actually came in, which is true. They could actually knock them on the head before they, before they were legislated to actually start. They could have knocked them on the head regardless. They... they they have majority. Uh, the Greens are willing to support them. They can do it at any point. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, Albanese rather stupidly argued and that sort of stuff that he wasn't going to do anything like that in the last election. I think that um, was. Michaelis on, sorry? I think Michaela summed it up nicely where he's like, you said that. We didn't, we didn't really believe you. Who said that? <laughs> uh, Sean Michaela on one of his last. Oh, okay, plays, gotcha. But, um, yeah. I uh, can't remember what his show is called. It's one of those things. It's um, that is one of my big disappointments with the ALP is that they will not actually take they will not actually take those tax cuts apart. Now I understand why they actually supported them because the Tories wouldn't actually split the tax cuts and that sort of stuff to actually give low income earners a tax cut. So they had to support them to actually get them through. Now it just makes me wonder: Did the Tories actually leave this? Start times and that sort of stuff. Think to themselves, oh, if we win, we'll just, we'll just knock them on the head. I I don't think no. so. And I also feel the, the like Tories aren't going. The you know giving the lower the tax cuts mainly go to the rich, right? You put all yeah, stage, the, 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 the stage, stage, stage three tax cuts go to the wealthy people. That's right. Yeah, I would be I, I, I would be a beneficiary of those tax cuts. Yeah, and I don't even know why why that why why would you support that in the beginning, like. Even, okay, if, you know, even if the lower... You, you, had the, you had the whole... You had the Tories and that sort of stuff. They were talking about the tax cuts and that type of thing. So they actually wedged the Labor Party on backing in the Stage 3 tax cuts because they said if you, if you, want, the, if you want the tax cuts for the lower-income earners, you've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to vote for the Stage 3 tax cuts. And so they rather stupidly did vote for the Stage 3 tax cuts. Is that regardless? Yeah. So is this on the, the scale of, uh, you know, dams 40 years ago or? <laughs> yeah, is, is this important yeah. enough that you, will, <laughs> that you will momentarily forgive them in order to push Labor to, to getting rid of it because of political pressure? Is it important enough to bring about at least a temporary forgiveness? Yes, a temporary forgiveness is fine. I am prepared to forgive them temporarily because I just think to myself, those stage, stage three tax cuts are offensive. You know, it is completely wrong. It is criminally insane that you're going to hand over the amount of money to someone like me that doesn't need it. And then... This might be a good way of thinking about it, Scott. It's just a temporary forgiveness. <laughs> Put them on probation. Just give them one more chance. I'd say like a temporary forgiveness 
around when you enter the voting area and when you leave is all that I'm asking for. <laughs> <laughs> See, I cannot believe that you're that bloody head up about a, a, a single green vote living in Rockhampton because let me tell you, you know, what's her name? Michelle what a, Landry is going to win this seat without any without any difficulty at all. I, no, I think there's no, there's the, there's the <laughs> debate for yourself, but there's also the debate for everyone else who's sort of rusted on Labor voters and never vote Greens, right? So I think the party is not the party that it was 40 years ago. Things have changed. We're fairly progressive, fairly reasonable. Um, and, you know, it's like a grassroots democratic party. So if you want to get involved right, and that, have your say, you can do it. Yeah, but, okay, that's fine. So if you keep going back to that 40-year example that I gave you, do you think I'm, right I'm not now, keen to, but sure. Yep. Do you think right now the Greens would still be opposed to the Franklin River Dam or would they actually pass it through? I actually, this is, I am so I'm not informed on this one at all, but right. I think your argument was around the fact that we were protesting some construction or something and then we were held up because the Greens didn't want that. And then it sounds like Australia was forced to do some other far more inefficient means of transport or energy generation yeah they, they generated electricity in victoria for tasmania which yep. was used which was generated by burning brown coal which produces a hell of a lot but, more but, carbon dioxide uh, than black coal but, but today isn't tasmania generating well, they now they now produce they now, they now produce their electricity to back to victoria and they, they so you can't really talk about what they do today because they would say well we've got enough uh, renewable power generation from other sources therefore we don't need the franklin dam to be damned. Yeah, I agree. And the Franklin River to that's be That's right. So, so that, that's now dead. Circumstances it's, it's of, now dead. Yes. And, it's and, now complete. And isn't it a change of priorities? 40 years ago, climate change was really only just beginning to be discussed, whereas now mm. we have a much bigger focus on that. And therefore, 40 years ago, the priority was destruction of natural environment, whereas potentially now you're willing to wear the destruction of natural environment if it means not burning brown coal. Mm. One would have thought Jay, so. that's a really good point. Yeah. I'd also yeah. say that just like I would say that the Greens are probably smarter in their decision-making now, I think there probably would be members of the party that wouldn't enjoy, you know, destruction of natural habitat and things like that, but there are more reasonable voices and there'd be a debate on whether the public party stands with it. But if it was, you know, a net positive for the environment, then, or, you know, Joe's point around climate change, yeah, I think the Greens would support it. Mm. Well, any, any other burning you... any 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 other burning issues in your mind when you enter the voting box at the next election, Scott? Are there any other big ones at the forefront well, of your mind? Well, August, August, August is getting close. August of... is getting close to the front of my mind because That's the more I read about it and all that anything. sort of thing, I just think to myself, the Yanks are actually going to do much better out of that than what we are. You know, it's now there's talk of, you know, I think there's going to be two or three submarines available for us in 10 or 15 years' time. Would be, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think, like, I don't, and I, 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 I just think, to, on this one, I think to myself there that that is a, it appears to be dragging us closer and closer to the Yanks and that sort of stuff to sign us up for a war with China because they've set us up that we're going to have these long-range nuclear submarines that would be very capable of making it to the South China Sea to defend Taiwan. Do I actually agree that we should let Taiwan go to the PRC, 
No. Do I actually agree that Australian soldiers should be actually sent to fight over there? I'm not sure of that yet. You know, and I know Trevor's actually looking at me rather peculiarly there, but it's one of those things. I don't know what the right answer is there. So just uh, for the record, the Greens are quite scathing about Which AUKUS. doesn't so surprise they say me. AUKUS is one of the worst security decisions in decades and Greens Senator David Shoebridge described AUKUS as reckless alliance cooked up by the Morrison government and backed by Labor, which compromises Australia's sovereignty. Yeah, I, I don't know that. I don't words, know that it actually man. compromises our sovereignty. It's we're paying between two hundred sixty-eight to three hundred sixty-eight billion. To no, we're the we're, we're on the, the we're on the hook to pay three hundred and sixty-eight billion dollars now, and that's going to be actually uh, a shitload of that money is actually going to be spent in the US to not only build the submarines but actually build a new production facility so that they can build more submarines themselves. So it looks like the Yanks have actually said, oh, no, who, 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 which of those dumb fuckwits can we actually get to pay for our new submarine-making facilities? Oh, no, we'll go down and get the Aussies to pay for them. Yeah. So that is the thing that I find really offensive about it. Now, I know the UK is actually going to develop the AUKUS submarine, is it? Anyway, I, feel, uh, I feel we're talking a bit about this, but, like, we're just railing on AUKUS. You, you don't like AUKUS. The Greens don't like AUKUS. This is yet another thing that you're aligned with the Greens on as far as this is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Worth, worth a temporary cessation in your... Uh, worth a, a temporary... Forgiveness. Reprieve. Forgiveness. For a damn four Just a suspension, a suspension of your grievance. Jesus Christ, you've, yes, you've, you've forced me to have three beers over this whole conversation. So. <laughs> I feel you keep bringing up arguments that you support. Like every every example, yeah, I know, and I've, I've, said to, I've, said to you right from, I've said to you right from word go that I I found myself not disagreeing with anything of the Greens they had written. I think that's the, the crux of this, right? Mm. You support, and why I was annoyed mm. came on here is you support all our policies, and you won't vote for us. Oh, that's right, I won't vote for you. <laughs> <laughs> But, but well, it sounds like you might now, Scott. It's one of those things like I would actually consider. It sounds like you I would have actually, actually softened a little bit. I would actually bit. consider giving them my vote in the Senate, but I wouldn't do it in the House of Representatives. Yeah. I, like, I think, you know, if you love the Labor Party, I think there's, like, a pretty solid argument around they're kind of catering towards more the right than the left at the moment. Um, yeah, I agree. They're really super conservative. So if you yeah. want to push them back to the agenda items you want, vote left. Vote left one election, show them that you mean business, and then you can go back when they they start properly actually, you know, listening to their base, which they're not at the moment, right? Like the Labour Party, I think, space is actually left of where Labour sits. Oh, I agree, absolutely. Political. Absolutely yeah. they are. You know, it's one of those things I, I found it really I wasn't ever I wasn't ever an anti Albanese fan. I didn't like the fact that he has seems to be wedded to fast rail and all that type of thing. Um, he's one of these blokes and that sort of stuff that I didn't like. Um, I was very pleased that Shorten won that first ballot and that type of thing. And, well, Shorten won the ballot in the members, but he lost the he lost the ballot to the membership. So. 
that is why Albanese was prepared to run that next time because he won he won the ballot of the membership, but he lost the ballot of the party members, of the um, elected members. Now, I was very disappointed in Albanese the whole time. I'm not surprised that he is as disappointing as he has been. He's not been a um, strong advocate or anything like that. He has been mm. very weak. Mm. Yep. Can agree with that? Send him a send message. Him a message. No, I'm not prepared to send him a message. You know, it's... Right, and I strongly worded in the Senate. I haven't even, I haven't even joined the, the party yet. So it's one of those things. I, I, I think to myself. And, and stop tossing those bottle caps oh, around there, so. ringing through the microphone. I, I just think to myself that, um, you see, the, the other thing that you probably don't know about me, Liam, is that I used to be a member of the LNP and all those years and all that sort of stuff, I've still voted for the LNP. And then it was only after. Newman took an axe to the public service and that type of thing. And then what really upset me about him was that, um, you know, I wasn't even that upset that they did away with, um, you know, the um, where you could go and get your gay marriage registered and that sort of stuff in Queensland. What really upset me was how they how they said that they're going to, they said automatically they said, oh look, by the way, we're also going to we're also going to take away the rights of gay people to adopt children. And I thought to myself, that is really offensive. Anyway, that's why I left the LNP. But I just think to myself, <sighs> am I prepared to actually be a member of the ALP and vote for the Greens? No, I'm not really sure of that. I know Trevor is, but anyway. Or are you still are you, are you no longer a member of the ALP? I didn't. I didn't bother renewing mm. it. Yeah. AUKUS, I, I sent them a nasty note when they wanted renewal saying, with stage three tax cuts and AUKUS decisions, <laughs> no way. Put me down as somebody who has resigned for those reasons, mm. uh, joining a long list, I think. So I reckon we've probably now covered what you wanted to cover, Liam, with Scott. Are we kind of... I thought it's uh, like we could Is there anything else more, you want to add to we this? We debate more topics, but I feel Scott's aligned on everything. So, like... No, it's one of those things. Uh, Liam, you and I are going to have to have a beer next time I'm down in Brisbane. Because um, I, I think you're a very interesting person, but um, I don't agree with you. But you know, <laughs> but you <laughs> well, do. Well, that's you sound like you almost do. <laughs> I don't, like we're almost there. Yeah. We're almost there. When you start talking about the importance of the issues and whether it's worth temporary forgiveness, it sounds like you're there for the Senate, just not the House of Reps. Yeah. That's what it sounds like and to that's me. Right. And and see it. So we've achieved that much at mm. least. So. Otherwise, I think we're just going to go round and round. Like it's in terms of policy, we're just going to agree. It's just this impasse of getting Scott to overcome his forty years his, of um, anger. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's so, the, that's the big that one. Dan was a formative it, moment in your life. Scott. It was very formative <laughs> in my life because you know it's one of those things. It took me a long time to actually really understand the whole climate change thing. And then when I did, it was pointed out to me that the Greens actually were opposed to the Franklin River Dam, which was a renewable energy project. And that really stuck in my throat very badly. Anyway. Mm. Mm. So before we wind yes, up. Yes, I'm not going to vote for them, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> just a change of topic completely. Mm. It's, not often, it's not often we have a millennial. <laughs> now that Shay's gone, we don't have a millennial present. <laughs> 
she does she, turn up on this chat room every now and again. She she's not gone. She, well, you, you make it sound like she's dead. Yeah, she's she so, an active member of the Labour Party, isn't she? She is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Is she, yeah. I, I'd so, be interested to hear her, her thoughts at some point around why Labour and not Greens as well. But well, um, she did. Yeah. Uh, before I lost yeah. the chat and that sort of stuff, she did actually agree with me mm. with what I was saying at the time. But you know, mm. yeah. But um, so. Just as a millennial representing the millennial class, Liam, thoughts on other issues, other topics um, amongst your friends, you know, is there disgruntlement about baby boomers and the way the system's worked against uh, millennials or is there an awareness of the generational advantages that older people have had that, you know, free university education... um, superannuation laws that favoured them, a whole sort of raft of housing laws that favoured the boomers as they went through the years. Do people talk about these things or are you uh, not... Do you go to dinner parties and talk about these things, Liam? Or um... parties, Trevor. No. <laughs> <laughs> no um... Oh, look, I wouldn't say politics is talked out about an awful lot. I'd say I'm more mm. interested than most people my age um yep yeah so i will talk about it and discuss it with sort of different friends at different points in time and you know you hear different points of view um i tend to hear more of a different point of view from sort of podcasts and i know the different channels that i consume media through so um yeah so whereabouts would that be what sort of places other than this fine podcast what other trustworthy sources do you rely on? Uh, well, I started listening to there's the Greens podcast, which is it's yeah, it's good. It's probably has more of that frustration around boomers and generational wealth, and um, you know, it also talks about Greens policies. So I think that's a that's probably if you're you're a pretty keen Greens voter. Um, Do yep. the Greens have a policy on an inheritance tax or not? Uh, they have a wealth tax. Yeah, policy. It's a wealth tax. I think it's a four percent wealth tax on billionaires, isn't it? Yes, billionaire wealth tax. I think six percent on billionaires. Yeah, yeah, that's so, based on their on their net worth, is it? Not the income. Yeah, yes, yeah. wealth tax. You can't. You have yeah. to somehow tax worth, not income, because they don't earn income. Anyway, yes. um, <laughs> the other podcasts I think you recommended at one point, decoding the gurus, is probably one of my faves. Yeah, I'm almost yep. gone through the yep. deck. Uh, back catalogue. Fun fact, I actually talked to Matt at one point. Um, I was doing some sort of research for work and it was around sort of gambling. Actually, that is another another topic we could discuss, but probably all aligned on gambling in Australia slash Queensland. Um, yes. So I talked to Matt at one point because that's his um, expertise. Uh, and then the other one I'm really liking at the moment is If Books Could Kill, which is uh, very American-themed. It talks about sort of the pop science books of the last, I wouldn't say century, but last while. So things like um, Nudge Theory or I'm trying to remember, oh, uh, The Secret, um, all those sort of pop science books that make it into the Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But they sort of like... If books, if books could yeah, kill. Um, so okay. That's great. Um, and they sort of take a lens around how there's sort of this like, I think the underlying sort of neoliberal grind mindset um, you know, just work harder and you can make it kind of thing. 
Uh, it's probably more pronounced in the US where there's like terrible structural issues and um, racism sort of inherent in the system that prevents people sort of just being able to you know, bootstrap themselves up to wealth. Um, so I think there's, I'm actually on the lookout for more because I listen to quite a few podcasts and there's not enough coming out week to week. <laughs> so if anyone's right. got any recommendations, let me know. But they're probably my, my yeah. picks at the moment, yeah. Very good. Okay. Have I convinced you on um, China? Uh, look, yeah, I'm, I think your points, yeah, made me see China in quite a different light. I think my, you know, I think you take the, I think the argument is that you know, they're probably similar in the US to throwing their weight around. So, like, nobody's the same. But I think the way we look at, I don't think that's sort of portrayed nearly enough in our media that, um, you know, we sort of take the US as, you know, the sanctuary of democracy and then China's, you know, um, totalitarian communist state that's, you know, doing terrible things to the Uyghurs. Um, and yeah, we just, we don't see things in a uh, rational light. So yeah, I, yeah, you convinced me to sort of, I think, uncover that bias I had there. So I, I don't think China are saints, but I also, um, you know, they're, they're our biggest trading partner. They're far closer to this than the US. Like, yeah, and we, yeah. So there's some, I think uh, Penny Wong talked about uh, strategic neutrality at one point, uh, and that mm -hmm. would probably be the line I would take. We shouldn't be criticising China, or being on the front foot criticising China. Um, it's a stupid move, as we saw with all the cancellations to trade. Mm -hmm. Well, Liam, it's been a pleasure having you on. This has been a different episode. No, glad to be here. Thank you. It was good, good chat. And I uh, came for a beer at some point. So. Exactly. Yeah. Right. We'll, we'll put you on the list next time Scott's in town <laughs> uh, for a felon's pizza and beer. Yeah. So, all right. Very good. Well, dear listener, that was something different. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week with another episode. Bye for now. And it's a good night. You can all say your goodbyes. <laughs> and it's a good night from him. Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs>